Welcome to Holistic Sex Ed Radio, where we are changing the way parents talk to their kids about sex, relationships, and how to stay safe in our rapidly changing world. You are your kid's best source of information and primary example. In these thought-provoking conversations, Robin and her guests seek to improve your relationship skills, expand your knowledge, and give you the tools to help your kids make the most out of their lives. Now, here's your host, Robin LaCrosse. Hey everyone, welcome to Holistic Sex Ed Radio. I'm your host, Robin LaCrosse, and today I have a sexual health educator here with me, and she's been doing this for over 25 years. Amy Lang helps parents of all beliefs talk with kids about all things birds and bees. She's the author of two books, one for parents and one for teens, and has a podcast called Just Say This. Amy's talks, books, online resource center, and podcast help parents learn how to talk with their kids about these important and awkward parts of life. Amy is still married to her first husband, and they are the proud parents of a sweet 19-year-old man-child. She lives in Seattle, Washington, and you can learn more about Amy and her work at birdsandbeesandkids.com. Hey, Amy, thanks so much for being with us today. My total pleasure. So how did you get started in talking about birds and bees to parents? Well, I was a sex educator from the time I was in my early 20s, and I did abortion and pregnancy counseling, birth control, STI counseling, and I totally loved it. I did it as a volunteer and for, for about 16 years, and I thought I was going to be amazing when I had a kid. Mm-hmm. and at the sex talks because I thought I knew it all and then when my son was about four I thought he was going to tell me it felt good to touch his penis and I was like dear lord <laughs> don't tell me that <laughs> and I had a little freak out and uh, realized that I would rather talk to a 14 year old pregnant girl than my four-year-old boy about his penis and that was my light bulb moment just personally and then I started just researching, like, how do we talk to kids about sex? Like, what's the best way to do it? And what's the age? And as I was doing that, I was realizing that other parents probably were in the same boat as me, because there's a lot of conflicting information, as you probably know. Mm -hmm. And so I'm looking at this stuff. And then I was like, Oh, hey, I love talking about sexuality. I also have a master's degree in adult education. So I was thinking, you know what? I love working with adults. So maybe I can combine these two things and help teach parents how to talk to their kids with, about sex. Mm-hmm. And so I did. And awesome. here I am. And Milo was five when I started my company. And now he is 19. And needless to say, he's been pretty mortified by my work. Yeah, <laughs> I bet. Yeah, uh, he's probably the most educated kid in his class. Yeah, he didn't like it uh, when he was in elementary school. He was kind of, he was pretty just I could, a little reserved about it, which I didn't exactly know until after he had sex ed in fifth grade. Mm-hmm. And it was like halfway through the week and I'm, and I'm like dying to know how it's going. Mm-hmm. And I said to him, so how's it going? And he said to me, oh, mama you cannot believe the questions these kids ask. And then he was all like puffed up because he already knew the answers to a bunch of stuff and right. he was confident. And um, so it was cool to see him kind of, I think he was like, oh, now I get why she talks about this so much, right? Because he just felt well-informed and definitely ahead of his peers, which is always good when you're- Yeah, you know, yeah. Sixth grade. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Sign of- 
parent doing her, the job well done. <laughs> Congratulations. So can you help parents understand why it's important for parents to talk to their kids about sex? Uh, yeah, so most of us, uh, as we were chatting about, got our sex education from school. Um, we didn't really have close communication with our parents. Um, you know, might have been a one and done or like a traumatic sit down at the dinner table and, you know, here you go kind of conversation. Mm -hmm. And the old, uh, if you have any questions, feel free to ask me. Right, uh, right. Right, right. And then, mm -hmm. of course, no one is going to feel free to ask their parent. <laughs> yeah, they're like, uh, first of all, I don't know what to ask. And second of all, oh, my God, yeah, <laughs> we just had this like trauma, traumatic conversation. And I was like, whoa, I wasn't yeah. ready for that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not interested. So um, the reason it's so important for parents to talk to their kids actually has more to do with uh, values than it does to do with facts. Um, because I think everybody wants uh, their kids to share their values. Mm -hmm. And um, whether you're a liberal, conservative, somewhere in the middle, that's something that's super important to families and to parents. And when it comes to sexuality, we all have values about sexuality. So the only person that can really talk to, you know, the only person that can talk to your kids about your values is you. Mm -hmm. And so that's the first thing. And that's what gives kids roots in terms of um, how they should like be, feel about sexuality. Um, and then the other piece, of course, is the fact-based stuff, like what goes where and how things work and, you know, how great sex is and, you know, that, you know, we need to be careful because there can be some problems. Um, so when parents are willing to take this on, uh, the kids do better, they feel better, they make better decisions. And, you know, we can help our children in a way that nobody else can. And I think what happens is that, uh, first of all, we all had our experience of learning about sex, which for most people did not work very well. And we want our kids to have a different experience, mm -hmm. um, but we don't know how to do that. And, you know, maybe our experience was traumatic in some way or terrible or useless. And um, we look at our kids and we're like, okay, a, I don't want that. But B, oh my God, it's such a huge topic. And we get overwhelmed. And so then we sort of fall back on how we learned and, um, don't understand that we need to like chunk it up and it doesn't have to be overwhelming and it can be pretty easy and fun. So, you know, when it comes to sexual decision-making, parents have the most power, especially up until they are about 13 or 14, then their peer group starts to take over. Mm -hmm. Up until that point, we are way more powerful than any other source in their life. Yeah. So it's great to take advantage of that time, that totally. time period. Yeah. Totally. And plus, kids are a lot more receptive to information in that time frame, too, like, you know, 8 to 10, 12, you know, yep. before they uh, start to Yeah, well, eight to, 10, 8 to 10, 12, they're not that receptive. That's when they start to shut down and um, are like, gross, I don't want to talk about this. Mm -hmm. actually, the time they're actually the most receptive is when there is birth to about 7 or 8. That's mm -hmm. when they're the most open. Right. Mm -hmm. That's when they're most willing to hang out and learn about it. And then once you've established that, that this is a normal part of our family conversation and how we roll in our family, then as they get into that sort of, oh my God, don't talk to me about this. It's so disgusting. They're used to it. And you can just, you know, acknowledge that, yeah, I get it. It's gross. You're a kid, but you need to know because later on, this is going to sound like fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, Amy, a lot of parents are afraid that they're going to share too much information. And do you have any thoughts about that? Because I, I find that that's like a big thing, like, oh, my child is too innocent, you know. And, and then, of course, also like 
brings up my thought of, well, why do we think learning about sex is going to spoil their innocence? You know, that's maybe another conversation, but let's start with the first, first question there. Well, kind of back to what I just said, like mm-hmm. we know everything about sex. We've had sex. We know how fabulous it can be. We know that it can be crappy. We know the good stuff, the bad stuff. Uh, we know that it's complicated. We know that like all these things about it. And so when we look at our kid and we're like, okay, I got to talk to you about sex. The answer is no, thank you. <laughs> Cause it's just too much information. Mm-hmm. And so the first thing is uh, that I recommend that folks just like take a step back mm-hmm. and differentiate themselves from their child and realize that, yeah, you've got a ton of information. Um, and, you know, also all that emotional baggage, lots of folks were sexually abused or have sexual assault in their background. So mm-hmm. it's really tough. Um, but your child doesn't have any of that going on, especially the younger they are. They don't know that sex is awesome. They don't know that they're problematic things. They just don't know, especially like if they're six or seven and under. And, So the thing we need to remember is that A, they have a right to know, B, they should learn it from their parents and C, that knowing about sex and having open communication in your family uh, is actually protective from child sexual abuse. Mm -hmm. And so you don't start with, you know, like BJs with your six-year-old, right? Right. Right. You start with, you know what goes where and the usual way babies are made. You know, with younger kids, it's all about correct names for private body parts and boundaries and talking about, you know, how babies come to be and birth and all of that. Um, And so if you piece it out, it's not too much information. Mm -hmm. And uh, because you're going to chunk it out, tell them everything, you know, like that sit down one and done conversation. That's too much information. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and it's not sufficient. <laughs> the other thing, right? <laughs> so um, this is really a parenting problem. It's not a problem with your child. You know, we have got to stop thinking that talking to your kids about sexuality is going to hurt them or ruin them or encourage them to have sex. It right. does not. <laughs> uh, they're going to have sex anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, average age is 17. Yep. And that's pretty much worldwide. And so you have a choice to let your kiddo have sex without knowing how to protect themselves, or even like the understanding that it's about connection and communication, and it should feel good for everybody. Mm-hmm. Like, they can have that experience, or they can have the get it over with. Okay, I guess I'm okay. Like, it'll be fine. I'll figure it out experience, which is mostly what most of most of us had. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. figure it out. Mm-hmm. With like, oh, just a little bit of, you know, I got enough information when really not enough. Right. Yeah. And, you know, and then this generation of kids too, they're, they have the internet, you know, advantage or disadvantage of the internet. And so, whereas like when I was a teenager, there really wasn't a place to go for information. You know, maybe I found my dad's porno tapes in the closet or something like that. But these days, kids, if they have questions, they can just Google anything on their phones, their computers, their tablets. And so it really changes the dynamics, I think, of how kids are learning about sex and the potential to really learn unhealthy things as they're trying to educate themselves. Yep, which is another reason why you want your kids to be full of information from you because it's going to be accurate, it's going to be based on your values, and it's going to be more powerful. Uh, And it's healthier. It's healthier. And kids are going to Google stuff, right? They're going to Google stuff. It's just how they are, how our world world is. Like, you know, we say, oh, Google it, right? Or, you know, consult the Oracle. (laughs) Yes, they're going to to Google it for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. 
So um, parental controls and monitoring software are super important because you need to know where your kid's going online, um, make sure they're making good and healthy decisions, and you need to know if they Google, you know, big penis or boobs or whatever because they could see really nasty stuff. Mm -hmm. And actually, I have a little story that I'll share when we come back from this commercial break. So stay tuned. Tune in to Lead Up for Women. Speak up to Lead Up as we celebrate the influence of women in business and beyond. Your host, Colleen Biggs, speaks with guests who have stories to share, have faced adversity, and have become success stories in business, in their communities, and in personal accomplishments. Join the strong and the brilliant ones and understand that the world is ready for you to be at your best. Lead Up for Women is heard live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. Are you looking for life's answers? How about the meaning of true self? Can you really be a better person overnight? Well, good luck with that. Now, if you really want to know more about this insane world and life we lead, tune into Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. You'll learn about how the brain operates under different psychological conditions. Some common sense. Heck, you might just actually learn something. Listen Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. As we age, there are certain situations which we all must face. Care and treatment don't always measure up to what it's supposed to be, and there are many questions that need to be answered. Tune in to Voices for Elder Care Advocacy with hosts Phyllis Amon and Rubina Chaudhry. Seniors deserve to have a more fulfilling life, and we'll bring you the answers that you need to hear to make it happen. Listen Mondays at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Empowerment. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Holistic Sex Ed Radio. Want to go deeper into this conversation? Visit us on the web at HolisticSexEdRadio.com. Now back to Robin LaCrosse. And we're back. So, Amy, I was visiting with um, one of my clients, and we were looking at his daughter's tablet, and he had found out that she was like looking at things that she wasn't really supposed to have. And so we kind of looked through her internet history to see like, how did she find her way, you know, to these different things. And it turns out she was playing a game and apparently there was like a commercial or something. And then, so she clicked on that. And then the next thing, you know, is like kissing games or things like that. And so then like one click leads to another and another. And the next thing, you know, like she's, looking at things you know she didn't find her way to porn or anything like that but like kissing games um i forget what else it was but you know not things that were kind of you know a little questionable for a 12 year old and so he was you know concerned with rightly so and so even when kids aren't looking for stuff sometimes they are led down a path to 
that sort of thing. And YouTube, I think, is notorious for that too. You know, it's like, oh, here, check out this video. You watch this one, check this out. And then the next thing you know, you're down a rabbit hole. Yeah. And most kids stumble upon porn accidentally. Mm -hmm. They don't necessarily go seeking it out. I had a a couple in um, because their daughter had seen porn and they were freaking out. Um, But what had happened is she was really into horses and she was looking at images of horses and somehow she got her way into, they were very funny, into bad 70s porn because they had parental controls and monitoring software on. That's how they knew this happened. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Um, so we just talked about that and how that happens and chatted a bit about how to keep her safer, which I'll talk about in a second. And so when they left, I was like, how the hell do you get from horses to porn? All right. So, so you Google I Googled images mm-hmm. and you search down through the images. And I don't know if you've ever seen a, whor- a male horse with an erect penis, but that is a mighty big penis. So it my sure guess is. is she Googled horse penis and then there you go. Mm. Right. There you go. So down yep. a hole, down a rabbit hole. Um, and so this happens all the time now or very, very frequently. No child will escape uh, childhood without seeing pornography uh, if you think about the number of hours kids are babysat with screens, how mm-hmm. much time they spend on screens at school, yeah. and when they're hanging out with their friends, um, the opportunity for exposure is really, really high. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I don't want to, I know we want to talk about more about sex stuff, so I'm just going to say a handful of things, and we can talk more about talking to kids about sex, sure, because yeah. that's protective, right? So yes, when they know important. what healthy sex is and healthy sexuality, and they know you're the person to talk to and that you're safe to talk to, if they see something online that's upsetting and disturbing, or weird and sexual, the chance that they tell you about it is going to greatly increase and you need to know, you need to know. Um, so first things this, uh, you must have parental controls and monitoring software on every single device your child can access. Uh, uh, it's not spying. Uh, people think, oh, I don't want to spy on my child. It's not spying. It's keeping them safe. It's like a seatbelt. Um, right. Monitoring software you install on your computer and you can set it up so that you can see, you can see everywhere they're going. Uh, and you get an email digest daily or weekly or depending on how old your kid is. And you can see every place they've gone, um, which is super important. So if they see something yucky, then mm-hmm. you have a conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the first thing. Uh, you have to talk about sexuality and pornography with kids, what, they're, what to do if they see it. Um, there is a website called Protect Young Minds that has good, uh, good information in terms of porn um, porn protection. Uh, and then the other thing is, uh, you got to stop thinking, not my kid, not my kid. Every kid's curious. Every mm-hmm. kid's curious. You mm-hmm. know, I would have Googled penis, boobs, blowjobs. I would have Googled all that stuff because mm-hmm. I didn't have a source of information other than my peers and, you know, Playboy. Uh, right. Um, right. so, you know, uh, everybody is like, Oh no, my child would never, but it happens accidentally. And, you know, trust me when I tell you, you do not want to be a parent who gets a phone call from another parent saying your kid, my kid saw porn at your house. Right. My kid saw porn on your kid's phone. Right. You do not want to be that parent. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, this is one of the things that just makes me really pisses me off that parents won't take these steps to protect their kids. It's our job. It's our job to make sure our kids are safe. So. 
that's Amy's porn rant. Uh, yes, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to hijack our conversation with that, but it's just part of the program now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, back to the original topic. It's like sexuality conversations with your kids is protective. They're less likely to dig it up. They're less likely to Google. They're mo- more likely to have refusal skills when something comes up like porn or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're talking about boundaries and healthy sexuality. So um, not talking about sex is actually, that's a mistake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. There's just so much at risk. I mean, their whole life, you know, and I actually, I pulled a little quote out of um, your website. Nobody dies from talking about sex. Right. But people can die from not talking about sex. And, absolutely. Yeah. And also, you know, people generally don't throw up, right? No one dies. No one barfs. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's uncomfortable sometimes, but it doesn't mean that it has to be devastating. It generally is not devastating to anyone. Uh, and you know, it's okay to admit to your kids that you're uncomfortable. Like that's smart. It's like, say I'm uncomfortable talking with you about this, but you know, I want you to be the smartest kid on the playground when it comes to this part of life. I mm-hmm. want you to be well informed. I want you to yeah. see me as your person. Um, and kids like hearing that. They mm-hmm. like hearing that explicit. Mm-hmm. Like right. I'm your guy. I'm your gal. Right. And, you know, and being honest about, you know, like, hey, I didn't get this when I was a kid or they tried it and did their best and it was, you know, it really wasn't good. Yeah. And there's a lot of problems that can happen from that. And so, like you said, it's my yeah. job to protect you, you yeah. know, and, and yeah. educate you. And I mean, we teach our kids about everything else, you know, right. it's like, why, why would we not want them to know that sex is healthy, that sex can be a really great thing. And there's a lot of responsibility that comes along with it. And when you're ready, when with the right person, you know, and having those skills to identify, you know, who makes a good potential partner, you know, like teen dating violence is a huge problem. And, and something else, you know, that you mentioned too, that I think is really important that people don't really think about or talk about is the values conversation, you know, it, the, the, this is a conversation that schools really can't have. And I think parents don't, you know, like p- people don't really think about like, oh, what are my values? You know, like in one of my courses, we actually, we sit down and we like figure out like, what are your values? You know, what are your personal values? What are your family values? What if your child's values are different than yours? You know, <laughs> like, how do you handle that? Mm-hmm. And, and so I think it is a really important point to raise is that that is a big part of the conversation. And it's, it's worth it to spend some time thinking about too. Yeah, yeah. And I also, I also oftentimes think the word values is complicated. So yes. one of the other ways I frame it is like, what do you believe? Mm-hmm. Like, what do you believe to be true? What do you believe? And I think sometimes that reframe helps people to get a little bit more quickly to mm-hmm. the core of whatever it is. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, so I think that that values piece is fundamental. And the other thing about the values thing is it gives you roots. Like you feel better, like you know, like I have a val- everybody has values about tampons, for example, mm-hmm. which of course sounds weird, but we do, right? I'm mm-hmm. a fan. Uh, they liberate women in many, many ways. Um, and so if you already know that your value, what your value is, that makes it easier to learn about and talk about the facts. Like what is a tampon and, and, you know, how does it work and how do you use them? And, you know, what are the limits around them and that sort of thing? Mm-hmm. Um, it's better and it's better for your kids. And it's, it, frankly, it's easier on you, which for me is really the goal. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, to make it easier for parents to have these conversations because, yeah, they are uncomfortable at times. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I personally think sex is kind of fun to talk about, you know, but then I'm mostly talking to adults about sex. Yes. And, so, and so I get to avoid a lot of the discomfort of having the conversation with the young people because, you know, the, it's the parents' job. And so the parents are the ones who are going home and having these conversations. Right. right. Well, there's a reason I don't work with kids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love working with adults. And mm-hmm. there are plenty of people that are working with kids. Unfortunately, they're mostly working with teenagers mm-hmm. and the party needs to start way before, way before teenagerdom. Um, it's pretty, it's not too late, uh, but it's uh, harder. Kids are more resistant. Um, they need the information more and they need, you know, speaking of TMI, they need all of the I, uh, you know, by the time they start middle school, they should know about pretty much everything, mm-hmm. not in four part glowing harmony detail necessarily, but they need to know everything. They need to know about orgasms, the clitoris, they need to know about communication, they need to know uh, what's healthy and healthy relationships, they need to know about STIs and HIV and pregnancy and, you know, how, all the different ways people get, you know, can get pregnant, all the different sexualities and genders, like, all of that needs to happen by the time they start middle school, because once they get into middle school, all bets are off. Kids talk about everything. Just tons of kids have been porn exposed. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's in their conversation. And then all the stuff that's happening that we can't see that's happening online, you know, through Instagram and Snapchat and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really important. So when we come back from this commercial break, what I'd like to do is talk about what if you haven't had these conversations and your kid is older? Like, where do you start? You know, how do you start delivering this information? So stay tuned and we'll be right back. I think it's safe to say that most people want to be successful in life and most people want their kids to be successful in life. And research has shown that the people who are most successful in their lives actually have goals, write them down, and refer back to them on a regular basis. Now, would you be surprised to know that most people never even think about goals, never mind even writing them down? So if you're one of these people who finds that you tend to like push aside your own needs while you're taking care of your family or taking care of other responsibilities, if you never really have time for the things that are important to you, If you feel like your dreams are on hold or that it takes forever for you to accomplish a goal, I have an invitation for you that may help change everything for you. So I'm here with Kathleen. You are one of my beta testers for Seize the Moment. It's your life workbook. Can you tell us a little bit about your experience with the workbook? I've done it twice and... It has taken me places where I don't know if I would go on my own in terms of really in-depth looking at my goals and what my values are Mm -hmm. and kind of get that timeline going. I'm notoriously bad about planning. And so having, you know, a structure, it's really nice to just Mm -hmm. kind of break that down and say, oh, these are things that I do need to pay some attention to, you know, on a monthly basis in order to get where I really want to go. Right. So I really, really appreciate that process that you've created. It's really fun. Yeah, I would agree. I enjoy doing it as well. And it's been such an eye-opening experience each time I go through it. I think this is the fourth year now that I've done it. 
And I'm really actually excited to uh, to do it. My boyfriend and I, we decided to do it together. So I'm really excited about that. So we started working on it. And it's more fun to do it in community. So I'd love to invite you to join us. If you would like to put some time into planning your ideal future, if you would like to help your child develop a vision for their future. This workbook is a great exercise and I invite you to join us. For more information, just go to the website, holisticsuccedradio.com and then just look up in the menu. I've got a link there for It's Your Life and you can get all the details there and I hope to see you. And I'll be there, so it'll be fun. It'll be a blast. So stay tuned. We're going to be right back after this commercial break. Tune in to Lead Up for Women. Speak up to Lead Up as we celebrate the influence of women in business and beyond. Your host, Colleen Biggs, speaks with guests who have stories to share, have faced adversity, and have become success stories in business, in their communities, and in personal accomplishments. Join the strong and the brilliant ones and understand that the world is ready for you to be at your best. Lead Up for Women is heard live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. Are you looking for life's answers? How about the meaning of true self? Can you really be a better person overnight? Well, good luck with that. Now, if you really want to know more about this insane world and life we lead, tune into Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. You'll learn about how the brain operates under different psychological conditions. Some common sense. Heck, you might just actually learn something. Listen Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. As we age, there are certain situations which we all must face. Care and treatment don't always measure up to what it's supposed to be, and there are many questions that need to be answered. Tune in to Voices for Elder Care Advocacy with hosts Phyllis Amon and Rubina Chaudhry. Seniors deserve to have a more fulfilling life, and we'll bring you the answers that you need to hear to make it happen. Listen Mondays at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Empowerment. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Holistic Sex Ed Radio. Want to go deeper into this conversation? Visit us on the web at holisticsexedradio.com. Now back to Robin LaCrosse. So Amy, let's say parents out there have not been talking to their kids and their kids have hit the teenage years, 13, 14. What can parents do? You know, their kids aren't necessarily down with having that conversation right now and it's still important. So what can parents do? Well, the first thing I highly recommend you do is apologize and say, I am really sorry. We should have started these conversations sooner. I didn't know that I should. I didn't think you were ready, but I've realized that I kind of blew it, but 
now we have to talk about this so you make healthy decisions and that you're really ready uh, to have healthy relationships. And then that's it. Mm-hmm. That's the first conversation. Um, and then you can also say, I'm going to get you some bo- a couple of books and stuff to help you with this. Um, and then you're done. Mm-hmm. That's it. And then within the next day or two, uh, you need to get books for your, you need to get books for your kids or you need to have them available. Uh, my favorite for this more of a like general book is called It's Perfectly Normal. Mm-hmm. Covers everything. Um, everything everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, then my then there are two books by my friend Joe Langford. One's called Spare Me the Talk for Boys and Spare Me the Talk for Girls. And he also has a book for queer kids. Uh, and so they need those books because it's just, you know, it's gender, more gender specific. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you've started the conversation. And then you have permission to start talking. And they're not going to like it. And mm-hmm. you don't care. A mm-hmm. uh, couple things you can do is say, set your timer. I need three minutes um, or five minutes. Uh, mm-hmm. You can also do it in the car. Uh, really important with adolescents that you pay attention to their mood. So when they get straight home from school, that's not the time. Right. Right. They often want to talk at the most inconvenient time in the world. That would be 930 or 10 p.m. That's good time for grownups. That is mm-hmm. get, get the party started time for adolescents. So right. mm-hmm. if you can tell your child is lucid and open and chatty, that might be a time to step in with some, you know, hey, just want to make you sure, make sure you understand that, you know, every time you have sex for the first year of a relationship, you need to use a condom and your kid's going to be like, oh my God. And you'll be like, I know, I know, I would have been mortified, but you got to know that. Um, and then that would be a great opportunity also to say, and in light of that, we have condoms available to you in the bathroom drawer. Mm-hmm. And make condoms available. This Absolutely. is this is not something every family agrees with, but uh, be better. I mean, in my purview, it's better to have them available, and your child doesn't have to hunt around for them, and their friends don't have to hunt around for them. Yes, um, they're easy to access, so that they are more likely to use them. Mm-hmm. And you know, I don't know if you've seen the numbers on ST, STI rates. They're bad. <laughs> and they're high. They're the highest they've been in a long time. Mm-hmm. It's bad news. And mm-hmm. again, back to that, like, not my kid thing, your kid's going to have sex. <laughs> like, Yeah, sorry. yeah. One out of every four kids get an STD, you know, before they hit 24 years old. Yep. Actually, it might be higher than that, but at least one out yeah. of four. I'll have to look yeah. at my numbers yeah. again. Yeah, and that's a lot. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. And, you know, your kids need to know all of that. And mm-hmm. then just keep up the conversations. You know, with kids this age, in that age range, really the conversations need to focus more on, like, dating, relationships, healthy relationships. Uh, my book uh, called Dating Smarts is, talks about sex, but it mostly talks about that um, and clarifying values and helping kids understand, like, what healthy relationship looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, those are the kinds of things that you can do with your older kid. Um, if they tell you they know everything, they don't know everything. They're 15. I know. It's like, I don't know everything and I I do this for a living. I don't don't know everything and I've done it for 14 years. Plus, plus, Uh plus, 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 right? Uh Uh-huh, yeah. So the other thing is that, um, you know, parents often ask what's the best time to start the conversation. And the best time is age, like around four or five in preschool, right before kindergarten. Mm -hmm. And I know that sounds super young, um, but the reason for it is that uh, a couple things. Like, first of all, they're starting kindergarten. They're hanging out with kids with tons more different, better, more detailed information about this stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, in preschool, when you can kind of keep track of them better. Um, They, uh, kids talk. Kids Mm -hmm. talk. 
uh, kids are really open at five because they don't know there's anything, uh, they don't know there's a big deal about sexuality. You know, when you tell a kid, you know, this is the usual way baby is made, penis, vagina, egg sperm, yada, yada, yada. They're like, huh, okay. When you tell mm-hmm. them how to make butter, same thing. Huh, right. Okay. It's all the same value to them. Right. Um, and uh, it's protective from child sexual abuse. A child who knows that sex is not for kids, it's for later in life, um, and have, has some information about, like, you know, no one should touch your private parts and you should never touch anybody else's, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, also protective. And, you know, the big thing for me is that it's easier. It's easier to start talk to a five-year-old than it is to a 15-year-old. Yep. So if you get the party started early, then by the time they're 15, they're going to be used to it. So you establish that this is part of our family values. This is how we roll in our family. And they get used to it. And they expect yep. it. Doesn't mm-hmm. mean they're going to like it, but we don't care, right? Sorry. We don't care. We're not our kids' friends. We're their parents. And we have to do things that they don't like. <laughs> yes. And in the long run... They'll appreciate it. That's right. Yeah, right. having having these uh this information is is life changing, and it's yeah it's protective. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one of the things that folks who were sexually abused have in common is that they did not have good sex education. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For sure. So one thing I wanted to ask you about too is. Um, some of the awkward moments that happen. So like one that comes to mind is when a child walks in on their parents having sex, you know, that's probably one of the bigger ones. Um, so what do you tell, I know it's going to be age dependent too, but I, I've, I've had parents be like, you know, like, ah, you know, like throw the covers over themselves, chase the kid off, they try to come out, you know, come back around later and have a mm-hmm. conversation about mm-hmm. what they saw. So what, do you, what are your thoughts? And like, how do you advise parents to deal with that kind of awkward situation? Well, and, yeah. and one other thought I do have, and this kind of goes along with that before I turn you loose on that question, one of the things I wonder about with, you know, family units and stuff, you know, back when we were tribal people, you know, people used to, you know, have sex in in the cave and everybody Mm -hmm. was there and it wasn't a big deal. Mm -hmm. What do you think about like family units who, you know, maybe don't have like, Oh, let's go hide sex away in the bedroom. Like, you know, like, oh, you know, the kids know that mom and dad have on every Saturday a couple hours where they go in the bedroom and they do their thing, you know, have their intimate time. And meanwhile, we're out here, you know, having breakfast, watching cartoons, whatever kind of thing. So I'm curious about your thoughts about that too. Okay, so I'll do the first one first about what to do if your kids walk in on you. Uh, First of all, right now, Mm -hmm. do not stop, go. Establish a knock first rule in your home. So what that means is if the bedroom door is closed, the rule is you knock first mm-hmm. before you're, and you wait to be invited in. That mm-hmm. goes for everyone. That's not just parents only. That goes for everyone because uh, kids need privacy too. Yes. Um, so that's the first thing. Mm-hmm. Second thing is if your child like does see you or comes in and like you know, for whatever reason, um, it's uh, super uncomfortable uh, and they may not know what they're seeing. So there's that. Yep. Um, they may know what they're seeing. If they're 10 and you've been sex educating, they're going to be like, dear God, right? Um, <laughs> so mm-hmm. um, whoever is in the best position to interact with the child is the one that should basically do the talking. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple things you can do is just say, oh, hey, sweetie, um, 
daddy and I or partner and I or whatever are in the middle, uh, we're, we're, you know, we're busy. <laughs> we're having an intimate moment. You could say we're making love. Depends on your family. I know, I'm blushing. Um, we're making love. Uh, can you just give me a minute? Or even just say, oh, sweetheart, can you just give us a minute? Just step out. I'll be right there. Mm-hmm. And then get out there. And if they're like, what were you doing? And you can just say, oh, daddy and I were having an intimate moment. We we're spending special time together. That's fine. Because mm-hmm. nobody wants to know, talk, hear about their parents having sex, right? Right. And then what's up? Right? Mm-hmm. So big redirect. Yeah. Um, you know, and then establishing, like, like you said, I love that. Like Saturday morning, we are having intimate time. If our bedroom door is closed, that means you absolutely need to knock first before you come in. Um, as kids get older, they're going to be less likely to bust in. Mm-hmm. And they'll remember the knock first rule. Um, and, you know, this happens occasionally. It's not like every, it happens to every couple, you know. I, I, you know, it's not a super duper common experience, but mm-hmm. it can be. And mm-hmm. the more sex you're having in your home, of course, the more likely you're going to. Sure. Mm-hmm. Into that. Mm-hmm. Um, and kids do not want to hear about or see their parents having sex. Uh, when kids see adults having sex or other people having sex, it can be sexually abusive. Yep. It can be really traumatic and upsetting to them. Um, so, you know, kind of leading into your other question about um, like folk, uh, families that live together, um, you know, this still happens all over the world. It's not a tribal thing necessarily, but yeah. Um, so those units, that's part of their culture. Mm-hmm. And so it's not a thing. Yeah. It's not a thing. And in our culture, um, it's a thing. So mm-hmm. having sex or engaging in sexual activity in front of children is a giant no-no. Um, you can get it on while your two-year-old or three-year-old's in bed in your room. Mm-hmm. They're not going to notice. They sleep like dead things. Um, but after, you know, after they kind of come to consciousness four to five, no, no sex around them. Um, it's just... It's not a good idea. Mm-hmm. But you don't want word to get out that oh yeah, I see my mom and dad have sex all the time. Right? Yeah. Well, and I I wasn't actually like suggesting that they're having sex in front of their kids, but like the sexy time, like in the Saturday morning, where you know parents yeah. just you know where maybe kids know that there is intimacy happening, That's kind of thing. That's or, great. Or maybe they know that they're this is the time their parents set aside for those types of things. I don't know. You yeah, know, no, no, I mean, that's great. No, no, that's different. And yeah, that's yeah, great. I wasn't suggesting, and you know, like they're but, having sex, like in front of their children. No. Some <laughs> folks do. Mm-hmm. Some, some folks do. They think sure. that's, that's okay because it's natural and healthy. And it's just, it's just not, um, not in our culture because we, we aren't equipped right. to manage that. And it's pretty rare, but I just like to throw that out of there, out there and I don't want people to get confused. Right? Sure, <laughs> right, right. Exactly mm-hmm. What you yeah. asked. But yeah, no, kids knowing that we're having intimate time or private time, that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing kids need to see is just our physical affection mm-hmm. um, for our partners. Kissing, yeah. hugging, you know, even long kissing to establish that this is what healthy relationship looks like. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not always possible because not every relationship is down for that and people feel differently about it. But mm-hmm. um, just some kind of intimacy is really helpful for kids to see. Yeah, I think that's important too. I mean, when I grew up, I didn't see a lot of intimacy between my parents and the rare times I did see it, I was like, whoa, you know, <laughs> that was like, that's unusual, you know, it's like, so I think it is, it's important for kids to see that, that it's healthy to see that. So we're going to yeah, take a I quick agree. commercial break and we'll be right back after this. Tune in to Lead Up For Women. 
Speak Up to Lead Up as we celebrate the influence of women in business and beyond. Your host, Colleen Biggs, speaks with guests who have stories to share, have faced adversity, and have become success stories in business, in their communities, and in personal accomplishments. Join the strong and the brilliant ones and understand that the world is ready for you to be at your best. Lead Up for Women is heard live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. Are you looking for life's answers? How about the meaning of true self? Can you really be a better person overnight? Well, good luck with that. Now, if you really want to know more about this insane world and life we lead, tune into Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. You'll learn about how the brain operates under different psychological conditions. Some common sense. Heck, you might just actually learn something. Listen Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. As we age, there are certain situations which we all must face. Care and treatment don't always measure up to what it's supposed to be, and there are many questions that need to be answered. Tune in to Voices for Elder Care Advocacy with hosts Phyllis Amon and Rubina Chaudhry. Seniors deserve to have a more fulfilling life, and we'll bring you the answers that you need to hear to make it happen. Listen Mondays at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Empowerment. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Holistic Sex Ed Radio. Want to go deeper into this conversation? Visit us on the web at HolisticSexEdRadio.com. Now back to Robin LaCrosse. And we're back. So, Amy, can you talk a little bit about, like, the different ages and stages to talk about different things with your kids? Yeah, absolutely. So, first things first, you absolutely need to use the correct names for your kids' private body parts. Um, and the reason for this, you know, is that it's protective. Uh, if a child says, you know, there's a story about a little girl who was uh, talking to her teacher and she said to her teacher, grandpa touched my cookie. And the teacher said, oh, sweetie, you should share your cookie with grandpa. And the next day, grandpa touched my, uh, my cookie again, teacher. And the teacher said again, oh yeah, you told me that yesterday. It's okay, sharing is, you know, sharing is important. And then the next day, Grandpa touched my cookie again, and the teacher finally said, what do you mean by cookie? And the little girl pointed to her crutch. Mm. And so then she got help. So imagine if she had said, teacher, grandpa touched my vulva. Right. Right? Straight away, she would have gotten help. And, yep. you know, parents sometimes think that, that, think that this is going to somehow be too much information for their kids or ruin them or, or for, to know the correct names. And it's just not true. Um, and so just a couple of points about that. Mm -hmm. uh, if your kids are like three and under, just change and say, okay, that's your, that we call that your cookie, but it's really called your vulva and your vagina. We call that your PP, but it's really called your penis and just switch it. Mm -hmm. um, if your kids are a little bit older, just say, you know what? You're old enough now to know that that's called your penis. Boys have penises and girls have vulvas and vaginas. Everybody has nipples and, you know, start talking about it. Mm -hmm. uh, 
your goal should be that your kids are just fluid and fluent when it comes to their private body parts. If you are not going to use the correct names, uh, then say privates, uh, and because it sends a message. Mm -hmm. um, so that's really the first conversation. And say all the things. So vulva, most folks don't know what that is. I'm sure your right. listeners do. Um, it's the exterior of the vaginal area. It's what you can see. It's equivalent to penis. You cannot see a vagina, right? It takes right. a little work, right? Yes. It's a little work. Mirror, mm -hmm. acrobatics. Um, mm -hmm. And then, um, so that's the very first sex talk. And then you need to talk about boundaries. Uh, by the time they're five, they should know the usual way babies are made and about sperm and egg and pregnancy and how that all works and a little bit about like puberty, how their bodies are going to change. They should absolutely know that sex is not for kids. They should also know that it feels really good uh, to grown-up bodies. So mm -hmm. you notice I'm not saying adults. I'm not saying an age. I'm not saying married because I don't believe those things. Um, mm -hmm. And it's mm -hmm. true. Like grown-up body is really what needs to happen before someone has sex. Right. Um, and I also say, you know, your heart, your mind, and your body are not ready for this because that's true, right? Yep, absolutely. Um, yeah. So by the time they're eight, they need to know, there should be no um, mystery about uh, all the like scientific side of things. Um, and then you also need to talk about different kinds of family structures, uh, starting to talk about gender, which is really easy now because it's such a part of our culture, the conversations about gender. Mm -hmm. um, and talking about respect, uh, talking a little bit more about um, like puberty, like kids need to know and have puberty books by the, t by the time they're about nine. Uh, girls have their periods as young as eight now or nine. Mm -hmm. And so they need to know what's going to happen before it happens. Yes. Uh, it is heartless to let someone, you know, suddenly start bleeding and not, not understand. Yeah. There's right. been <laughs> many so, stories of girls who've been terrified and thinking they're dying. And yeah, yeah it's this is cruel. Yeah. Yeah. It's it just cruel. cruel. Um, mm -hmm. So those, like all of that conversation can continue, um, you know, into 12, 13, like, you know, that those, um, you're just going to keep layering and, you know, start starting to talk more about like uh, maybe your values about things like when it's okay to become pregnant. Um, when, you know, like I said, your values about tampons, right? Mm -hmm. um, kids can know by in, uh, 10 or 11 that people can get, um, you know, they can pass germs back and forth when they have sex. So mm -hmm. they're, they're called sexually transmitted infections. Um, you know, just basically some of them are treatable with antibiotics. Some of them are lifelong companion. Um, talking a little bit, little bit about birth control, like, you know, like say, you know, people when they have sex, most of the time when they're having penis and vagina sex, they are not trying to get pregnant. They're doing it for fun. And yep. then talk about birth control. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, by the time they start middle school, like I said, they need to know the basics of everything. And uh, it's really nice because you don't have to screen anymore when you're talking to your kids. Like you don't have to be so careful. I mean, I loved it when Milo started middle school because I was like, thank God. And because I just started really talking openly, more openly about things in more details. Mm -hmm. I didn't like it. I didn't care. Um, mm -hmm. And it also assigned my spouse the hard stuff. I'm like, talk to him about rape. And he's like, God, thanks. And I'm like, it'll come better from you, right? right. It will be more powerful. I mean, it's powerful coming from me, but coming from his dad, much different, right. mm -hmm. much different. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, so that's kind of the basic stuff. So think about it in terms of like building blocks, like you get the basic stuff out of the way and then you're going to add, 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 or maybe it's yeah. the other, I don't know, it goes some way. Yeah. Start, mm -hmm. start at the little point and then go broad, broader. Mm -hmm. And so when they are like, 
eighth, ninth grade, the focus will switch to more healthy relationships and dating and that kind of thing, because that's really where their focus is. Right. So you build them up with all the good stuff, all the facts and protection and all that. You're always going to dip your toe back into that, and then you're going to switch over to talking more about relationships and dating. Mm-hmm. Yep. Lots of concepts to expand on as they get older. Oh, yeah. Endless. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, endless conversations, which is why, yeah, we have so many different things we get to talk about on the show because there's so many different facets to sex and Mm -hmm. different avenues and aspects and angles you can take. So it's really important to to have these conversations. Yes. So what about, so what are like some of the, the easy ways to start having some of these conversations? Well, the first thing is do not wait for your child to ask you how anything ever because some kids are just never going to ask. My kid said he'd rather talk to a stranger than me or his dad, or his dad about sex. Mm-hmm. So he's never, ever going to ask. Like, that's just the way he's wired. Um, and if your child never asks, it's not, it's not good. <laughs> it's yeah, not good. you've missed that whole opportunity to have, you know, those years of conversation. And, you know, a four- or five-year-old doesn't know to ask. Right. Yeah, right. Or they will started. ask. Yeah, they will or they might, yeah. yeah, yeah have that true. baby get in there, right? Like uh-huh, that's crazy. Yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. She's pregnant. What the hell? Because a giantly pregnant person is quite a marvel, right? Right. Uh, so it's your job. To, it's your job to provide information. It is not their job to ask questions. So um, I am a super fan of books. This is mm-hmm. the easiest way to start the conversation with kids of any age. Um, and there are great books for kids. Uh, my website, Birds and Bees and Kids, has a whole like resources page. It's full of books. Um, there are books that I've read and really like. Uh, there's a ton of books. Um, one caveat I have is that they all say penis and vagina. Um, there are plenty of books that just skip that part and the egg and the sperm magically get together. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's three words. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's three words. Uh, no one dies. Right. Your kids will be like, ew, that's weird at the most. Mm-hmm. Um, at the least, they'll be like, huh, how does that work? And mm-hmm. then you get to talk about the penis getting hard and the vagina, blah, blah. Um, right. So um, the books that I like the best are written by Roby Harris and illustrated by Michael Emberley. Uh, mm-hmm. The first one for little kids, like five and unders, it's called It's Not the Stork. Mm-hmm. Um, the next one up is It's So Amazing. Yes. Uh, which is my ultimate favorite. Uh, it's really fun. They're sex positive. Um, they really describe and talk about everything in a way that's really uh, engaging and healthy and fun and, um, and just really wonderful. And then the last one that I mentioned was It's Perfectly Normal. Mm-hmm. Um, your kids should have It's Perfectly Normal uh, the summer before they start middle school. Yeah, yeah, those are really great books. I yeah. give them out to my clients and my niece and stuff too. Mm-hmm. Good, good. Yeah, they're great. Yeah, okay. yeah. And so what you do is you just say, hey, you're old enough now for us to start talking about this. Here's a book. And then right. you read it. Mm-hmm. Most families are already reading to their kids. So that's normal. Right. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, that's mm-hmm. normal. And, you know, again, like this needs to be a normal part of your family life. It needs to feel like, oh, this is just how we do this. And, you know, your kids are going to feel better about it as they get older and they see how their friends are not getting what they need. Yeah, totally. So Amy, can you tell us a little bit about the free gift that you brought for everybody today? Yes, I'm happy to. So this little conversation is not enough for most parents. And I have a 
online resource center called the Birds and Bees Solution Center. Mm -hmm. And it has everything that you're missing. Um, so it's got uh, age by age information. There's a three part um, series where you can just learn more about how to talk to kids about sex. There's age by age stuff. There are different webinars. There's a webinar on pornography that's super important. Mm -hmm. um, and then I update it with webinars occasionally. And I also offer free webinars for the um, for the for the membership so my gift is uh, free access okay. so yeah free access to the whole thing it's $69 a one-time payment but I thought I'd be you know helping your listeners out so yeah, well, thank you uh, we appreciate yeah. that so there's a code and and I know you'll post all that all over the place to yeah I'll post that in the show notes for everybody and along yeah. with a link to your site so yeah. thank you so much Amy for being here today it's been a real pleasure having you on the show yeah thanks so much I'm happy to help Thanks for listening to everybody and we will see you next week. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Holistic Sex Ed Radio. Thank you for spending some of your precious time with us today. While these conversations may be difficult at times, the rewards are well worth it. We have the power to change the world by what we teach our kids. Join host Robin LaCrosse next Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another thought-provoking conversation. Thank you and have a beautiful day.